0: You open up your Bibles and you're reading through the New Testament, what you'll notice, right off the top, you'll start noticing that they're mentioning the Passover. But when you're reading through the New Testament, you'll start seeing this theme about a Passover. Uh, You're reading in John, and you go into the Gospel of John, and John the Baptist, it says John the Baptist sees Jesus Christ coming, and John the Baptist says, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And everybody turned and looked at Jesus Christ, this Lamb of God that's going to take away the sin of the world. Everybody underneath the sound of John the Baptist's voice knew exactly what he meant by that. They knew exactly that John the Baptist was talking about that Jesus Christ was going to be the Passover Lamb that's going to take away the sins of the world. Paul says in Corinthians chapter 5, he says, Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Now, goes on to Peter. and Peter says, We're redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. What are these New Testament writers talking about? What are they referring to? And they're referring to what we're about to read right here in Exodus chapter 12. You go and read, and I encourage everybody to go and read the book of Revelation. You read the book of Revelation, it gets to Revelation chapter 5 and they start talking about their, this book is opened up and this book's in heaven and no man can be found to open up this book. And John, the, the one that wrote the gospel of John and that wrote the book of Revelation, it says he starts crying and weeping because nobody, they could find nobody to open up this 7 sealed book. And they, he looks... And he looks towards God in the throne. He says, I see as it was a lamb slain in the presence of that throne. And that lamb slain comes down and takes that book. That's Jesus Christ opening up that book. That's that lamb that's slain on the cross of Calvary for my sins and for yours. That's that Passover lamb that we're going to read about here in Exodus chapter 12. That's your Passover, guys. And we're going to find out why that's so important. And you know, you see so many, uh, a lot of Church of Christers, they don't like to talk about the Old Testament. And they're really missing out. Because everything from Genesis chapter 1 all the way through Malachi, it just points at Jesus Christ. It's a type of Jesus Christ. You see Jesus Christ in every way and it's just pointing to Jesus Christ. And you see Jesus Christ walking around. You see Jesus Christ moving. You see it all point to Jesus Christ. It's pointing to a time that we're going to need that Passover lamb. It's point to a time where Abraham takes his son up and is about to slay him on that mountain and is stopped by God. That's, his, that's God the Father slaying his son on the cross of Calvary for my sins and for yours. Amen. You see it all the way? You see where Adam and Eve, they've met something they get kicked out of the garden. What does God do? God slays an animal and covers them with that skin. I'm telling you, that's a lamb that he slayed right there. Something must die for you. Something must die for your sins. And God has been showing up here in Egypt and He says I'm going to show something that when I show you what I'm about to do it's going to make people's ears tingle. They're going to talk about this for years for generations to come. He's been bringing all these plagues. He's been bringing all these curses on Egypt. That Passover lamb that we're about to read about that's one of the most important things you can find in the Word of God because that's what you need. You need this morning you need a Passover lamb. You want God to pass over you and not bring His wrath on you says in John chapter 3 that the, he that believeth in the Son of God has eternal life. He that believeth not the wrath, the wrath of God abideth on him. Amen. He that believeth is not condemned. He that believeth not is condemned already. Guys, you've got the wrath of God. The wrath of God is coming. And the world don't see it. They're playing around. They're laughing around. They're committing all these heinous sin, uh, sexual acts. They're doing all this wicked stuff. And they're laughing at Christians. And they have no idea that God's judgment's about to come down on this nation. God's judgment's about to come down on every individual. And you're about to have to answer to God. Amen. And he says, here, I'm about to bring something into Egypt. He tells Moses, I'm about to bring, it's going to make people's ears tingle. And it's going to show you that I am God. And that when I come in, when I'm going to do this, you're never going to forget it. It's going to be a memorial, and you're never going to forget it. You're never going to stop recognizing it. And what he's going to show you is that there's going to come a time where everybody needs the sound of my voice. They're going to need this same Passover. So we're going to look at chapter 12, verse 1, as Christ, our Passover, and what it means to us. Verse 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of the months... It shall be the first month of the year to you. Guys, when you encounter this Passover lamb in Jesus Christ, that's the beginning of months for you. That's the beginning of the year for you. That's the beginning of your life is when you meet Jesus Christ. And God says, this Passover lamb, when we do this, when this is done, it's going to be a beginning for you. Are you at a point where you're tired of your life? Are you sick and tired of living the same old life, getting up doing the same old thing? Are you sick and tired of just being sick and tired? Well, God's got a new beginning for you. And that new beginning's in Jesus Christ. If you're not saved and you don't know Jesus Christ, you're miserable. You don't have any peace. And you're trying to do all the stuff the world gives you to give you peace. And you're not getting it. I'm here to tell you, I've done a lot of what you might have been doing. And I found true peace in Jesus Christ. When I came and got my Passover lamb like God told me to do. And I took my Passover lamb. It was a beginning for me. And I've never regretted it. I've never said, you know, I wish I wouldn't have accepted Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you, my testimony is that Jesus Christ is the best thing to ever happen to this old sinner. Amen. Because I needed a Passover lamb. And God says, when this comes, it's going to be the beginning of months for you. Verse 3. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, in the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb, According to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Now, guys, he says, I want you to get a lamb, and I want you to take it on this tenth day. And he goes, And if there's a house, like you say, there's a house next to you that's maybe it's got a widow lady there, you can take her and you can bring her in your house, and you can have one lamb for all of y'all, but you just get the lamb and you get the people together, but you're gonna need a lamb. What that points to you is Jesus. Jesus Christ is for everybody. It don't matter if you're small, tall, old, weak, young, old. It don't matter who or what you are. Jesus Christ is there for you. And God's made the provision for you to get into heaven with Jesus Christ. Say, so what do you mean, Brother Keegan? God says, by faith are you saved. If you're saved by faith, see, faith, anybody can have faith. A little child can have faith. A 90-year-old person can have faith. Some, the simplest people, you don't have to be very intelligent to have faith. You can be very, very, very highly intelligent and have faith. But if God would have made it any other way, some kind of work, there'd been some excuse somebody couldn't come to them. God's making sure here in verses 3 and 4, they have no excuse. Everybody can have a lamb. And if you, don't, if you can't get your lamb, get in here with somebody else. They'll have the lamb for you. In other words, God's making sure nobody's left out. And in Jesus Christ, there's nobody left out. Jesus Christ isn't just for the Jew. He was crucified for the black man. He was crucified for the oriental man. He's crucified for the Muslim over there if they want Jesus Christ. He's crucified for the Arabian. He's crucified for this old dog like me, this old mutt that's German, Irish, Indian. I've got so much mix of me, they would take me to dog pound, they should just put me to sleep. Nobody would adopt me. You ever go to the dog town and see all those dogs in there? And the the full-bred dogs, they go like that. And you see those dogs, and there will always be that one. It's got one ear that's been bit off, you know. Maybe it's got scraggly, got the old hair. Kind of like me, don't have hair here, but it has too much hair there, you know. And just an old ugly old mutt, and I think to myself, man, you're going to get the gas chamber because nobody's going to adopt you. And I feel so sorry for that little dog, and he's whining. And the world says, I'm going to kill it. But they only want the ones that are most beloved. I'm so glad God doesn't work that way.
1: Amen. I'm so glad
0: God comes by, Jesus Christ, He sees this old mutton named Keegan Hall, and He says, "See, He's wrinkled, He's no good, He's got no hair right there, He's got too much hair there, but I see something in Him I like, I think I'll just adopt Him and make Him one of my sons. Amen. Praise the Lord that we have a God like that. He's going to provide for you. There's no excuse, guys. You can find a lamb, He's there, you can find Him. Verse 5, Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it from the sheep, Or from the goats. You can't go out and get a lamb that's wrinkled or some lamb that's got a lame leg or something. you got to go out there and you got to find a lamb that's spotless, without blemish. Guys, our Savior Jesus Christ, your Passover, He was spotless. He was without blemish. Jesus Christ looked them in the face and said, Which one of you convinces me of sin? What do you mean? He said, Which one of you can say I'm a sinner? You know what they said? They just backed off. There's nothing the world can say about Jesus Christ that would condemn Jesus Christ. What part of Jesus Christ is bad when he loves his enemies? The one, where he, the one that says, when you hit me, I can't hit you back, I'm going to turn the other cheek. Which part of Jesus Christ do they not like? The part that was full of grace? The part of Jesus Christ that healed the lame? That made the blind to see? What part of Jesus Christ does the world not like? There's not one they can find. He's without spot. He's without blemish. There's nothing wrong with this Savior. There's nothing wrong with my Savior. You look at somebody like Muhammad, they call a prophet, which is a joke. You look at him and you can look into his history, you're going to find a lot wrong with Muhammad. And when you find it out and you say, hey, uh, I saw that he uh, uh, married a nine-year-old girl. You know what's going to happen to you? They're going to kill you for talking bad about their prophet. And when you talk bad about Jesus Christ to me, I've got to pray for you. Now, which is better? Which is better, do you figure? I think I'll take Jesus Christ. Our lamb is without spot, without blemish, a male of the first year. This is all pointing to Jesus Christ. Verse 6, And you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. You imagine the old dad's been working under Pharaoh and he, Pharaoh made it harder and tougher and rougher. And every time Moses was putting, through God, putting these plagues on Pharaoh, he said he made, it, he made the taskmasters work them harder. And this old dad would come home to his family and every week the son would see his dad and his back would be just a little more crooked. He's like, what's wrong, dad? He's working us. He's going to kill us. The Pharaoh's working us. He's going to kill us. And then one day the dad comes home and he's got a little lamb in it, about a one-year-old lamb. Beautiful lamb, spotless, without blemish. And he brings it home. Don't you know those kids, that son in that house, were excited to see that lamb? Oh, look! look. And what do you think's the first thing those kids did? You know they named it. They had to name it. Dad, let's call it Jack. They had to get around, they had to name that lamb. And they kept that lamb for four days. What do you think else happened to that lamb? I guarantee that lamb was loved on. Uh, probably found a place to sleep in the kid's bed, amen. Y'all had pets? Y'all ever had kids, what that's like? Just staying in the house and the kid's loving on it. And then on the fourth day, let's all go outside, guys. What, 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 what are you doing, Daddy? Let's all go outside. What are you going to do, Daddy? Give me the lamb. Give me Jack. No, no, Daddy, what are you going to do, Daddy? What are you going to do, Daddy? I'm going to have to kill it. Don't you know there were some tears shed in the congregation of the assembly? Don't you think there were some tears being shed when the little kids saw the little pet lamb getting slaughtered right before their eyes? Don't you think there were some tears up in heaven when God had to turn his back on his son when he was being crucified and spit on for my sins and for yours? Don't you think there were some tears being shed? I don't think God, you don't think God's heart wasn't broken when his son was crying out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? As he's being crucified, as he's being whipped, as he's being spit on for nothing he did, he was spotless. He was being beat for me. He was being whipped for me because there was no way I had to have a Passover lamb. Don't you think there were some tears shed when they had to cut that old lamb's throat? And the blood is shed, verse 7. And they shall take up the blood. It's all about the blood. And strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door. Jesus Christ said, I am the door. But they took that blood and they struck it on the top and they struck it on the side. Our Savior was struck. And verse 8. And they shall eat the flesh and that night roast it with fire. Our Lord and Savior, our Passover, he tasted the flames of fire from us. And unleavened bread, unleavened is sinless. It was sinless bread. It was unleavened as a type of sin, so it's unleavened bread. With the bitter herbs, they shall eat it. We're not gonna sit down and eat something that tastes good. It's gonna be bitter herbs. Because this is bitter. This is bitter to God. Our salvation is free, but to God, it's very bitter that he's having to give his only son for my sins and for your sins. Verse nine, eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water. No water. Jesus Christ hanging on the on the cross said, I thirst. Head with his legs and with the pertinence thereof. The pertinence would be the insides. Now you know why John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Amen. Now you know why Paul says, Christ our Passover was sacrificed for us. These old men of God, these great men of the New Testament, they preached Jesus Christ as a Passover lamb. Amen. They knew exactly what he was. God's wrath is about to come through. And God's wrath was about to destroy some people. And you had to get underneath that door. You had to get behind the blood. And they knew exactly what's about to happen. Verse 10... And ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. And that which remaineth of it until the morning, you shall burn with fire. Guys, we're living in the twilight of the end of this age. It's darkness coming upon us. It's darkness coming upon this land. And listen to me. Jesus Christ in Malachi chapter 4 is described as the sun, S-U-N. The sun of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. When God, Jesus Christ, rises up in the second advent and the second coming, it's like the sun breaking forth over the mountains, coming forth. And there's a great shout. It's a day star, that bright morning star in Revelation. That's Jesus Christ. But guys, when that sun comes up, this age is over. There'll be no more Passover. You don't eat no more of it. Look at that. And you shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. And that which remaineth of it until the morning you shall burn with fire. It's over with. It's done. You say, well, I'm just going to wait till Jesus Christ comes back. I'm going to wait till I take my last breath. And then I'm going to repent and take Jesus Christ. It'll be too late. You think you're going to go out in this world and you're going to pick and choose what you're going to do? It don't work that way. You know the people I know that didn't live to see the next day? I talked to one on the phone. I was talking to a friend of mine on the phone, and God took his life like that while I'm talking to him on the phone. Shotgun blew his guts out. That's it. He's gone, looking God in the face. I can't guarantee you what tomorrow's going to bring. Don't wait till in the morning. Your morning might never come. Amen. I can't promise you when your morning's going to come. But it ain't going to come like the world thinks. You're going to go out with a bear in your hand. It don't come like that. And you need the Passover lamb now. Amen. You need it now. Look at verse 11. And thus shall you eat with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet. Look, look at this. And your staff in your hand, and you, sh- you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Amen. See, this time. Hurry, it's urgent. You're supposed to eat it in haste. Don't keep waiting, and putting off accepting Jesus Christ. I'll just mess with it later. No, you need to do it now. Before the morning comes, you need to do it now. You need to get that blood applied. You got to do it. You got to do it now. God says it's the Lord's Passover. You need to do it in haste. Look at verse twelve. For why? Why, is, why are you doing all this, Lord? Because I will. For I will. God will. God will. I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast against all the gods of egypt i will execute judgment i am the lord amen. amen god says i'm about to come and when i come i'm gonna kill every firstborn i don't care if it's a man if it's a beast and he says i'm gonna execute my judgment then he says i'm gonna tell you something yeah lord i am lord amen. Yeah. Amen. that's why you can know what's about to happen that should scare you see i'm a firstborn I don't know how many firstborns we have in here. We would have died that night. God would have killed you. God's wrath was on Egypt. His wrath was going to be, he's going to kill all the firstborn. He said, Well, you might be sitting on the sound of my voice, go, whoo, I'm like the second or third child. Those are always the worst kind of children, you know. No, I'm, joking. I'm, joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But you might be on the sound of my voice, and uh, you might be saying, you know, I'm a second or third child. I would have skipped that little judgment. Let me tell you something. You've got a first birth right now. And Jesus Christ says, You must, ye must, ye must be born again. Amen. God rejected your first birth. This first birth in the flesh, you're a firstborn. It's got to die. God's cursed it. You must, ye must be born again. Amen. You've got a physical birth, you've got a fleshly birth you got to have a spiritual birth in Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus Christ says you must be born again. And this right here points to that. It says the firstborn in the land, Your first birth, it must be killed. Your first birth, it must die. Your first birth, it must be put under the blood of the Passover lamb. God's got to put... If you don't get that first birth under the blood of the Passover lamb, you're going to be judged and you're going to be destroyed. That's what that verse is right there is talking about. Look at verse 13. And the blood shall be to you for a token... Upon the houses where you are. He says that blood is a token to you. When I see that blood, that blood means something to God. Christ's blood applied onto your life means something to God. It does, it's just not something we throw around like, oh, I'm, I'm saved and I'm covered with the blood. It's a wonderful thing that you're covered with the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the most important thing to get under the lamb's blood. Because if the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are, you've got to get in the door. And when I, who's I? That's God. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Guys, that land of Egypt is the world. That's the type of the world. And God says, when I come in there and I come to smite this world, when I come to judge this world and all its gods, its God, I'm going to come in and I'm going to be looking for the blood. It isn't enough to have a lamb. It isn't enough to know who the lamb is. You've got to kill that lamb. You've got to apply that blood. It wasn't enough to go out and get the lamb and to take it in and to keep it for four days and let the kids play with it and then take it out and say, okay, we got the lamb. It ain't enough to hold the lamb outside the door. You've got to kill that lamb. You've got to apply the blood of Jesus Christ. Without that, you're going to hell. It ain't enough to know Jesus Christ. The Bible says the devils believe in God and tremble with fear. You ain't nothing believing Jesus Christ. I think you're actually a fool not to believe that there was Jesus Christ. Not enough to know that there was a man, Jesus Christ. You must ask him to be your Savior. You must ask him to cover you in his precious blood. You must ask him to be your Passover lamb. You must take that crucifixion. You must take that, that blood that shed on the cross of Calvary. You must apply it. To your door of your soul. Or you're going to hell. Because God's going to be looking for the blood. God see that? When I see the blood. Not when I see the good works. You see that? It's not when I see the good works. Or when I see all your righteousness. Or when I see all the times you went to church. Or when I see all the times you read your Bible. Or when I see all the times you were so kind to somebody. God says when I see the blood. That's when I'll pass over you. He said, Well, I've been a good person, Brother Keegan. I've been doing this and doing that. I don't care. Are you under the blood of Jesus Christ? That's why Catholics get into some trouble. Catholics, they know about Jesus Christ and they can sing from afar, but they've never applied Jesus Christ to the heart, to the soul of their life. They've never applied Jesus Christ and they've never got under the blood of Jesus Christ. Have you applied the blood of the Passover to your door of your soul? You need to because God's going to be looking for that. He's going to be looking for that. Guys, you know, we read in the Gospels and we read Pilate. Pilate's trying to get Jesus Christ out of getting crucified. And, of course, he's a, he's a chicken liver. You know, he, he backed off. And I washed my hands of this, you know, innocent of this innocent blood, you know. He's just like most politicians we know, just, you know, has no backbone. And he brings Jesus Christ up and he says, What, what do you want me to do with the king of the Jews? And there's Jesus Christ there. He's got the pallet of thorns on his head. He's got the robe and he's standing there. And they all start yelling, crucify him. Isn't that the most powerful moment in the Bible? The most powerful moment when you see them and they're yelling, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. And they're all chanting and yelling and screaming, crucify him. Isn't that just awful? And we read those passages in there and something in our belly says, man, they are killing an innocent man. And something in our heart just flutters around, I'm here to tell you. If you were in that crowd, knowing what you know about the blood that's needed to be put on your soul, knowing what you know that you need that blood or that precious lamb to be applied to your soul, knowing what you know, friends, I'm here to tell you, Christian, if you were there, you would have to bow your head and say, crucify him. If you don't crucify him, I have no hope. We would have to, with the world say, crucify him. I'm a sinner. I can't stop sinning. And I need a Passover lamb. God, will you crucify him? Will you crucify him? Back in verse 29. Down in verse 29, this is what happens. And it came to pass at midnight, that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon. All the firstborn of the captive. It didn't matter if you were Pharaoh. It didn't matter if you were a poor guy in a dungeon. You were going to die. Guys, it don't matter who you are. You need this Passover lamb. It don't matter if you're the richest rich. Obama needs the Passover lamb. Amen. But if you listen to me on the sound of my voice, you need the Passover lamb. And we all need the Passover lamb because if not, you're going to be like these guys here and it's going to touch you. Verse 30. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants. And look, and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt. For there was not a house where there was not one dead. Now I've been to a lot of funerals in my life, and I'm not bragging about that. That's a sad thing. I have to go to so many funerals, and I promise you, I hadn't preached on most of them, but just been to them, because of so many people I know have died. And I've been to so many funerals where somebody's lost. And you get to that funeral and they don't know Jesus Christ, and man, you can just feel it. And you can hear the mom and you can hear the sister and you can hear all the people just weeping and crying and just upset. They have no hope. They got up in the middle of the night and there was no hope. There was a great cry in Egypt. Mm -hmm. Just screaming and crying. Why? Why? Just hollering and crying. Look at verse 29. And it came to pass that at midnight. Today, right now, is your midnight call. It's your midnight call, guys. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's midnight. And the sun's about to come up and it'd be too late. You need to take that lamb. You need a lamb, you need the lamb, and you need your lamb. Amen. That's the articles of faith. <laughs> see, turn back. I'll show it to you. Turn back to verse 3, and we'll close right here at verse 3. You need a lamb. You need a lamb. See, the middle of verse 3. They shall take to them, every man, a lamb. You see that? A lamb. You need a lamb. You, know that you need to recognize that you need a Savior. You need to recognize that I'm a sinner, and if I stand before a holy God, I'm in trouble. And if God weighs me out against somebody righteous, I'm going to be doomed. I have no chance, I have no hope to stand before a righteous, holy judge and not be condemned. And God's not going to judge you against your neighbor. Because you might say, well, I'm better than my neighbor. At least I don't do that. God's going to judge you against Jesus Christ. And we already talked about how holy he is. You don't stand a chance. So you need to recognize you need a lamb. Look at verse 4. That the household be too little for the lamb. The lamb. You need a lamb, amen. You need a savior, but you need the lamb. Amen. The lamb. What do you mean? It's not it's not enough that you need a savior. You go to Buddha and say, Buddha, I'm wicked. I'm no good. I I, I need a savior. You know what Buddha's gonna tell you? I'll tell you what Buddha will tell you because I've read what Buddha said. Buddha says, rely on yourself. Rely on yourself. Do those good works, and maybe you'll be reincarnated as a dog or a butterfly, and you keep doing better, and maybe eventually you'll be reincarnated as a human if you keep doing. That's no hope. You're not my savior. You think you can go to Muhammad and get a savior out of Muhammad? No. Muhammad's done nothing for nobody. You need the savior, and I'm here to tell you, there's only one Lamb of God that was crucified for the world, and it's Jesus Christ. Amen. He said, "I." As Moses lifted up the serpent in wilderness, so should the Son of Man be lifted up. Amen. What was that? The serpent was up on the pole, and everybody that looked on that serpent lived. And Jesus Christ says, "If you look on me, you'll live." He that believes in me is not condemned but he that believeth not is condemned already. So you got to have a lamb. You need to recognize you need a Savior. you got to get the right Savior, amen? Jesus Christ, the lamb, the lamb, a lamb, the lamb. Look at verse 5. Your lamb, your lamb. you got to make Him yours, guys. It's not enough to know you need a lamb. I need a lamb. It's not enough to know, hey, it's the lamb. That's Jesus Christ. It's not enough to know you need a Savior. It's not enough to know who the Savior is. you got to make Him yours. You gotta take that blood and you gotta apply it to your soul. So when God in his wrath comes and passes over, he'll see that blood in there in verse 13. And the blood should be to you a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. For the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Now you know when we turn we open up our hymnals? And we sing about the blood. And we talk about the blood. And we sing about the blood. And we talk about why are we doing all that? Because it's that blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses and washes your soul. It's that precious blood. You're redeemed. Peter says you're redeemed, not with, not with gold or anything corruptible. It says you're redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without, uh, without blemish and without spot. Amen. What's he talking about? He's talking about what I just read. When you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you said, Lord, I need a, I'm going to hell, Lord. I need some help. I need, and what Jesus Christ does, God does and through Jesus Christ, He takes that blood of Jesus Christ and He just covers you with it. Amen. So God comes through there. He doesn't see Keegan Hall anymore. You know what He says? He says, I see the blood. Death's already been, death's already been here. The price has already been paid. I'm going to pass on by. See, y'all see Keegan Hall. But God sees the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I'm just not myself, although I look the same. Hey, this is Keegan Hall, the pastor of Indian Gap Baptist Church. We want to thank you for tuning in this morning. and uh, We're just trying to glorify and lift up the name of Jesus Christ in every way we can, and we hope we were a blessing to you. Now, if you're listening this morning and you're not saved, uh, we want you to be saved. That's our deepest prayer. We're doing all this so people can uh, get the gospel message of the good news of Jesus Christ. And the good news is that he died for your sin. And if you're willing to admit you're a sinner and that you need a Savior, if you go to Jesus Christ in prayer and ask Jesus Christ to save you, he'll come in and save you. Now, honestly, I can tell you, when I've done that, Jesus Christ was the best thing ever happened to me. If you'd like to contact us or find out more about us, you can do that at IndianGapBaptist.com. That's IndianGapBaptist.com. I'd also like to invite you out to a revival we're having on April the 24th. 25th, 26th. That's a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, We'll get going around 7 p.m. on Friday and Saturday, and then Sunday will be regular church service starting at 10 a.m. We're going to have Donnie Jeffers, a special brother in Christ, coming in from Missouri. He's going to do a good job of preaching Jesus Christ and glorifying him, and we'd just like to invite you out. I think you'll have a good time. Get to meet us, get to know more about us, and know more about the church. Come on out. You're more than welcome. Until next time, God bless.